plug into Jackson Electric and you'll feel the power. If it has anything to do with electricity, anything at all, call Jackson Electric. Commercial, residential, agricultural, it makes no difference. Call Jackson Electric. Jackson Electric does high-efficiency LED lighting and fire alarm systems installation. Wiring a home, wiring a business, new electrical service, or enlarging existing surface. Call Jackson Electric and you'll see the light at 1851 North Main in Sheridan. Mandy Coltisco from Century 21 BHJ brings you this pet of the week from the dog and cat shelter. Husky seems quiet and content, but she's really a big old goofy ball of fun. If things are boring around your house, come and meet this six-year-old party planner today. Echo and Charlie are sisters who would love to be your forever roommates. These one-year-old gals have hearts big enough to fill your home with cuddles and love. From Sheridan Media News, it's time for Open Line Friday. Your chance to join the conversation and talk about what you want to talk about. Call the Jackson Electric Open Line at 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. And now your host for Open Lines, Ron Richter and Aaron Palmer. And good morning on the Jackson Electric Open Line Friday. Aaron Palmer, Ron Richter, and uh, on the Jackson Electric Open Line Friday. Numbers to call if you have something that you want to talk about or something that you want to add or what we're going to talk about. The numbers are 674-4443 or 672-5763. And uh, let's see, Ron, we were talking about... there's. This is kind of on hold at the moment, and you, you've got more information on this than I do, and of course our guest does too. We'll get to that in a minute. But basically it was the city council is looking at the possibility of an ordinance amending city code that would change um, residential, what's the word I'm looking for? Residential. Uh, Permitting. Or, uh, Residence. Zoning. Thank zoning. you. There Thanks. we go. With from R one uh, to R two, Mayor Rich Bridger. Yeah, Mayor Rich Bridger. I was going to get <laughs> to that in a minute, but good morning, Rich. Good morning, guys. Good. Um, so that's what we were. What the poll question about, Ron? You have the poll question. Go yes, ahead. Yes, the uh, first Northern Bank of Wyoming poll question: Should the City Council change City Code to make it less restrictive to build multifamily units? Fifty-nine uh, percent said no. 37% said yes, and uh, 4% were undecided. So almost 60% of the votes said no, and uh, 37% said yes. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about today. We have Mayor Bridger who's going to give us some insight as to what this is, why it is, and why it got tabled, I guess, and we'll we'll get into that in just a minute. We're going we're gonna to take a quick break. On the Jackson Electric Open Line Friday, we'll be back right after this.
Does your home look like a bomb went off in there? Is Maria, I mean your wife, telling you, come on, we've got to go. This place looks like a disaster. You want to run away, but you can't afford to because of a mortgage or the house looks like it's been through a war. Wyo Renovation is here to help. Devin will come to your rescue and save you from the impending doom. Wyo Renovation will make an offer on any home, no matter the condition, and you can walk away victorious. Learn more at wirerenovation.com or on Facebook. The following message presented by First Federal Bank and Trust, Sheridan's only mutual bank. Visit efirstfederal.bank. Hi, I'm Owen Atkinson. And I'm McKinley Olson, and we are with the Sheridan Swim Team inviting you to our Arts and Crafts Bazaar Saturday, November 18th. The bazaar is from 9 to 4 at the Sheridan County Fairgrounds Exhibit Hall. Chop over 80 tables of handcrafted items and bake sale goodies. Please join us Saturday, November 18th from 9 to 4 for the Sheridan Swim Team's annual Arts and Crafts Bazaar at the fairground. What are your marketing goals for your business? There are many advanced marketing strategies and tools that continue to emerge. At Sheridan Media, we're constantly combining new and traditional methods of marketing to get you the highest return on your investment. We invite you to sit down with us, meet with one of our creative consultants, and together we'll customize a marketing plan. Sheridan Media is an employee-owned media company ready to go to work for you. Jackson Electric Open Line Friday, Aaron Palmer, Ron Richter, and our guest this morning is Sheridan Mayor Rich Bridger. Good morning, Mayor Bridger. Good morning, everybody. And we're talking about the city council recently tabled or put off, however you want to describe it. It was tabled for six months, correct? Tabled? Right. We tabled it for six months uh, because the planning commission was having some issues with it. And rather than drag this out or make it become something I didn't want it to become, I thought we could just sit down with the planning commission and talk this through and see what their issues with 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 our proposal. Okay. We do have a caller, and we're going to go to that, and then we'll come back and talk to you That's about great. more about this. Caller, go ahead. You're on the Jackson Electric Open Line Friday. Yes, this worked out for me anyway. Oh. Um, I, I have a question for uh, Mayor Bridger. Okay. And what I have in hand, sir, is a email sent to you by Stuart McRae, the city administrator, June 16th of 2021. And the email is basically referencing um, how ARP funding, American Rescue Plan funding, might be spent, different parameters, etc. But in this email it says, Mayor and staff, below is the draft email from our discussion on Tuesday. Following corrections or additions, it will be ready for the mayor to send out to council for their thoughts and discussion before selecting two members to prioritize options to take to county and state. Here is what I'm interested in in this email, sir. There's a parenthesis in this email directed to you. Mayor, this could also suffice for that Senator Kinski is looking for. And I've made a request of the city through the customer service desk. What was it Senator Kinski was looking for as referenced by Stuart McRae and sent to you. As a senator, what was he looking for in regard to this ARP funding, if indeed that was what uh, Mr. McRae was mentioning? Now, I realize this was June of 2021, but is there any recollection that you might have of conversations with Senator Kinski regarding perhaps ARP funding? 
This is so off the cuff. I no, I can't answer that honestly right now. So you can't uh, answer it honestly right now. <clears throat> well, I'm not sure what you're referring to honestly. So I'm not. Well, I was very. I thought I was I, pretty clear. I you won't can argue. be clear, but we're back in 21. Oh I mean, yeah, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Well, but, thank um, you. You're thank welcome. You. Okay, thanks, caller. Um, Mayor Bridger, let's get on this city code thing. What this? Explain what this is doing because. From my understanding, the the change in the code is to help with, I, I don't want to say, to, to help build housing that's more affordable. Attainable housing. Attainable that, that's housing. That's the term. That's, that's right. what I was trying you know, to you know, I mean, it's all perspective. What's attainable, what's affordable, blah, blah, right. blah. But, that, but I think that, yeah, and I think, Aaron, what you're getting at yeah, with the questions you <clears> had the mayor is, is, is that was the driving factor behind this amendment to this code, correct? That was the intention of it. Um, right now, everything comes into the, the to the city. It's automatically an R1 unless they want to do something different. Then it goes through the planning commission, and the planning commission approves it or doesn't approve it. But um, basically, if you're going to do R1, which is the primary thing everything falls into if it comes into the city, is that you have to have a 6,000-square-foot uh, lot. It has to be a single-family dwelling. And, um, you know, with the price of lots... You're a lot right now for an R1 is, you know, you're looking at $70,000, $80,000 just to buy the lot. And so we thought if it came in as R2, uh, basically you can have more density. So we don't have a minimum lot size. You can have a multifamily dwelling. Um, and so it gives you some options as far as building something that's less expensive, less restrictive. And so that was the thought behind it, everything coming in as R2. And then if you wanted to do R1, you could still do R1, but that came in as a plan unit development or a PUD. And so, um, and R1 was basically going to go away, but you could still build R1. You just had to do it a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah, you had to use the PUD process. Yeah, right, to do that. And the planning commission, uh, for various reasons, didn't like that idea, and they they came back with a no, they didn't want to do that, because I think part of the reason was, the last four or five things that have came to the to the planning commission, none of it was R1. It was all PUDs or B1s. We're getting one down here in the weeds, but there was no R1s coming in, really. So they really didn't see the need in that. And that if you wanted to do R2, you could still do R2. You just had to bring it in to the planning commission as an R2 and they jump through it or deny it. Jump through all the hoops. Right, right. right. So um, they didn't like it. And I can kind of see their point on it, but... Um, I just thought, well, we'll just table it, and I'll sit down with some of the planning commission guys and, and, and gals and see what their issue is and if we could reach a happy medium. And then we were getting rid of, we basically getting rid of our one. That was the other thing they didn't like. And so um, that being said, they, their idea was to deny it. And so I, I, there were some things that I hadn't even thought of with the, the, their uh, denial. And so... I said, well, let's just table it, and we'll come back, and, and I'll sit down with those guys, and we'll talk about it. It's not, it's not the end of the world by any stretch of the imagination. So uh, that's where we're at with it right now. It's been tabled. Okay. Well, the question that came up, Ron and I talked about this over the last few weeks when this, after this happened, was why did it take the Planning Commission to the third reading to, to voice their opposition to it? Well, you know, I think part of that's probably... <clears throat> Probably my fault. I didn't sit down there and do, I do my due diligence to sit down and talk to them about it. So 
I'm not going to blame the planning commission for this. This is just one of those things that we should probably should have done a little bit more thorough job explaining ourselves and explaining our intentions. Okay. And that was not my intent. I wasn't trying to point fingers. At right. It just seemed kind of like, well, God, they had two readings. Why didn't they? Right. <laughs> so yeah, you, okay. usually the planning commission hears it first and, and then gives their recommendation for denial or approval. Right. And it goes before the council and things just got a little procedurally. Thinky. It wasn't the best I'd ever done to be honest with you. So, <laughs> so it was just an, an oops. And so everybody's yeah. going to sit down and talk about it. So it's nothing, you know, it's not like the city council and the mayor and the planning commission are all at odds with each no, other. No, no, no. Throwing We're, rocks. And yeah. No, I, I actually thought uh, the, the meeting where I was tabled the last uh, regular business meeting where, uh, uh, um, Ryan Franklin and um, Bev Lightnum got up there and, and, and spoke their piece. I, I think they brought up some really good points, and I think the council did a good job, and you, Mayor, as it, listening to those points and saying, well, let's pump the brakes a little bit on this. And, you know, because you're amending a code that's been in place for a while, so it's like if you leave it in place the way it is, nothing's going to go, you know what I right. mean? So, you know, l- let's make sure we have all of our ducks in order before we take that next step. And that's... That's how city government should work. Yeah, again, uh, it's not the end of the world. I mean, nothing's really changed. You can still bring in an R2 if you want to bring in an R2. You can still change things, bring in a PUD if you you want to bring in a PUD or a B1. It just has to go through the commission. They have to look at it and see if it's sound and then then move forward with it and bring it to council. So nothing's changed in the process, really, and you can still do R2s. You just have to bring it in as an R2. Um, remind me, PUD, P-U-D I know it's a something. Land unit plan, development. Land unit development. Unit. Yeah. Thank so you. Okay. if you want to do like a big um, residential, but you don't want to follow R1, you don't want to follow R2, you want to kind of do something that's unique that fits that area, you bring it in as a PUD. And again, it goes through the planning commission and eventually it gets to us. So most of our poll answerers were against changing this why do you think that is you know i i don't know to be honest with you i think some people get wrapped around the axe we weren't going to change what i heard from some people was well you know i'm r1 and i don't want to change i don't want to be r2 r2 so but it we weren't touching the ones that yeah, were already in place right, right. we weren't right. touching any of that that r1 okay. was just going to stay r1 um and then pe- some people don't like that idea that we're compacting things or we're you know condensing things um Quite frankly, they like Sheridan as Sheridan, and they don't want to see that that sort of change. So, well, we would all like to live in a house with a yard where we can have dogs and everything else. Right. But the, the for a lot of us, that is just not not the case. It's, we can't. Nobody can do that. I don't shouldn't say nobody, but a lot of people can't afford that. So, right. That and, was the whole point of this was to try to get housing for people in Sheridan that couldn't afford. You know, the six-bedroom, two-bathroom house on, you know, a 6,000-square-foot lot where they could have chickens and dogs and whatever else. That was the whole point of this, is to keep people here that can afford to live in these developments. Yeah, it was done with the best of intentions. I mean, we're trying to find a way to get uh, lot sizes that are reasonable, people can still afford. Even with um, some of the housing that I see that would be R2, uh, the price point's just becoming almost incredibly expensive for people to live or buy a home in this community. Um, I feel very fortunate that I'm an old fossil, so I bought my house when it was fairly reasonably priced. 
Um, and I look at what the market on that house is now, and I'm like, holy cow. And how can people afford to do that? I'm in the same boat. I've got kids that are paying more in rent than I'm paying for my mortgage. Right, exactly. You can right now. I think uh, if you want to rent an apartment, they're going for like twelve hundred, fifteen hundred dollars a month. Just right. to yeah, rent an if they're under that, you're darn lucky to find one. That's yeah, that's and tough. Yeah, it's getting it's getting hard. So that's one of the things. That, that's one of the reasons we were looking at this was just as maybe trying to find some way to bring something in at a little bit lower price point. I I moved here. 22 years ago in my apartment, uh, rent fee was 500. Yeah. You can't touch that now. No. no. And, and, and it was a decent apartment. I mean, yeah. it was, I had a good landlord. Um, it was well taken care of. It was close to downtown. It wasn't big. You know, I wasn't kicking back in the Taj Mahal or anything, but I mean, it was $500 and it was a pretty decent apartment. Right. right. And it had everything you needed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're just looking at, I think it's, and that's the overall picture of everything these days. I think inflation, obviously, everything's went up dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's just tough. You just got to watch your pennies. And, and so this was one of those things that we thought might be helpful. But that being said, um, you can still do it. You can still spring stuff in as an R2. It just has to go through the planning commission. And the planning commission has to give it the nod, so to speak. But, gotcha. gotcha. Well, Ron, you and I talked a little bit about this um, last week about affordable housing. This, this, and I hate using that word, but attainable housing. Attainable. Um, but this is an issue, not just in Sheridan, but across the country. We have it. We have it in Johnson County and mm-hmm. Buffalo. Have it up here. So, if these types of things, like a planned unit development, like a a, a duplex, a quadplex, a an apartment building, yeah. whatever. Um, do you think that that possibly could be why people are looking at this going, no, is that they are maybe concerned about getting these multifamily units, you know, put in next door to them? Um, I don't know. I can't read people too much. I know when we had, we wanted to do, um, I, for ba- lack of a better word, we wanted to do a, a additional dwelling like grandma dwellings or mom and pop dwellings in the backyard. mother Mother-in-law houses, thank you. Like the, yeah, the convert the shed into an, almost right. an apartment. Right. Not really shed, but yeah, the garage into an apartment kind right. of thing. So we approached that at one point, and we had meetings with the community in regards to that. And again, it's I was all like, oh, well, no, not in my backyard. I don't want that in our, you know, our neighborhood. So um, there's got to be an answer there um, without stepping on people's toes and making other people feel uncomfortable. Um, so we're that's what we're searching for. But again... I reiterate, you can still come in as an R2. You can still come in as a PUD with some unique features. It's just got to be go through the, the building commi- uh, the commission. Planning and, committee. And planning committee, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the commission. Planning committee. And uh, you can still get that done. And, well, then, and I, I think that's kind of the quandary that uh, city government has is, is how do you tackle this attainable housing issue and still keep everyone happy. Right. And the thing about um, my my point of view on that is we can offer those different layouts of people, the possibilities that things people can do. But, again, we're not that private contractor out there building that. Yep. And sometimes it's just money-driven that does a lot of that because if you bring in R1, a big, nice housing development, you can make quite a bit more money than you can if you're, 
trying to do condense it, condense things down and, and build more stuff on a smaller unit. So money-wise, it's more profitable for you to do an R1. Sure. But so, and, you know, capital drives everything. But, um, but, there, but these communities, you know, it used to be 30 years ago, even 20 years ago, you could find apartments that were upstairs downtown, you know. Yeah. And they were, quote, unquote, affordable for people just starting out. You can't find those anymore. You just, you just don't. So having these units, whether they're apartment complexes, duplexes, whatever is necessary. And I understand people's, you know, kind of the density issue. And right. yes, and, and there are, there are it. issues. You and I have lived in apartment complex and, and have seen it where, you know, you've got people that are, mm, I have had know. some savory neighbors. Right. That's what I'm getting at. You've got people that are, you know, maybe a little on the drinky side or maybe doing some other. Well, that's normal. Random stuff. It, that, that, that's, that's the. You're... Right. But, and then, you know, the fighting and, and this, that, and the other, and it's not in every complex. I get that. Just remember but, Jeffrey Dahmer lived in an apartment. No. <laughs> but, Just saying. Right. <laughs> but these are the types of things that, that we see in apartment complexes and housing developments, yes. quote unquote, and people are concerned about this and rightfully so. I get that. But if you look at the the overall picture, you're going to have those things, even if you have somebody move in and go home. So as long as, in my opinion, as an example, if somebody was to want to build an apartment complex across the street for me, do it. You know, as long as the situations that are unsavory, as you put them, are being dealt with, Mm -hmm. fine. You know, the one thing that I will say, because I actually have, I believe, an eightplex that went up in my neighborhood a, a few years ago and it the it is the parking has been an issue that yeah. it, because there aren't enough spots because uh, what is it is it like 1.8 spots for, per unit but the 1. thing is 5. yeah but the thing is i've noticed each of the people that live in the apartment have four vehicles right and those three vehicles end up on my street where i don't have a place to park when i get off work right <laughs> Even though the apartment building's a block and a half down the street from me. Right. Right. And that's an issue. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we have to build these to where people have to understand, the developers, whatever, contractors, whatever you want to call it, that it used to be that you'd have an apartment and you'd have a one parking spot. Right. Because one car per family. That just doesn't, that don't, that don't fly. Two, two, you need to- two. two tops. Right. You know, and it's like, but now, I mean, like I said, there's, I, there, there's a few tenants that have four or five vehicles. And there's that only, should be addressed with the owner it, of the property. You know, the flip, it, it, side, it, it, flip it, side of that is um, each parking spot's money. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, money away from them. It's right, less right, to right, right. I get right. that. But, but there has to be a solution because, as you said, you know, you have to deal with the people that are living there currently when you build this thing. Mm-hmm. So why would you want, even though there's more money to be had, you might want to think about not irritating the people that are in that community or that neighborhood that have been there. The, or the just whole time. being more compromising. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that I, I think that's what's, you know, cause you know, we've dealt with it and it's like, it, it is what it is. I'm not mad at the people that take my parking spot or else are they going to put their vehicle? You know I mean? I'm not mm-hmm. looking at it that way, but it, it, it is an inconvenience, but right. such but there is are life. ways that need to be dealt with it. There's yes. no reason for one apartment complex to have four vehicles attached to it. Just, some, not in my opinion. Some have more. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's a, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And joining us this morning, Sheridan Mayor Rich Bridger. We're talking about uh, ordinances and all that kind of stuff. And we will. Are you going to take off? Yeah, I'm, I have another appointment, so I probably will have to take okay, off. Okay, well, thank you He's for joining mayor. us. He's a busy guy. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for joining yeah, us, thanks Mayor Thanks for Bridger. coming in, Mayor. Thank you guys we'll so much. We'll be back right after this. Call Jackson Electric and you'll see the light. Maybe it's as simple as adding an extra outlet. Maybe it's as detailed as wiring an industrial building. Maybe it's high efficiency LED lighting or a fire alarm system or phone system installation and repair. Maybe it's data system wiring, irrigation wiring or electric motor sales and repair. Commercial, residential, industrial, agriculture, above ground, below ground. Call Jackson Electric and you'll see the light at 1851 North Main in Sheridan. Just in time for your holiday dinners, the Health Nut announces that they have organic and natural turkeys, Beeler's spiral cut hams, gluten-free and regular stuffing, fresh organic cranberries, organic yams and potatoes, gluten-free and regular gravy, gluten-free and regular dinner rolls, gluten-free and regular homemade pies, dairy-free and regular whipped topping. Order your Thanksgiving pies early. Pick them up to ensure they are fresh. The Health Nut for healthy holiday dinners. Hi, this is Christy Kingholm of Buffalo Royalty, and let's talk about 18 Jerome Place on over eight acres of land located close to town off of the TW Road in the Hilton Minor subdivision and a great view of the Bighorn Mountains and Red Hills. You can purchase the lot if you are planning to build your dream home. Seller is a prominent builder and can build your home for you. Seller has floor plans available to choose from along with the prices for building. Call me, Christy Kinghorn at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. This announcement Brought to you by Farmers Co-op Country Store on Coffee Avenue, home of ethanol-free premium fuel. Hi, I'm Owen Atkinson. And I'm McKinley Olson, and we are with the Sheridan Swim Team inviting you to our Arts and Crafts Bazaar Saturday, November 18th. The bazaar is from 9 to 4 at the Sheridan County Fairgrounds Exhibit Hall. Chop over 80 tables of handcrafted items and bake so goodies. Please join us Saturday, November 18th from 9 to 4 for the Sheridan Swim Team's annual Arts and Crafts Bazaar at the Fairgrounds. Ladies, you know that one thing you've been dying to try but don't know how to get started? Well, I'm here to help. This is Candace Crane, General Manager at Sheridan Hunt and Power Sports, and I'd like to invite you to check out my podcast, I Want to Do That, Women Helping Women Explore the Outdoors. This episode, my coworker Mallory Smith and I discuss our experience learning to hunt, and she shares all the ups and downs of her first successful Wyoming elk hunt. I Want to Do That is sponsored by Can-Am and will be available wherever you get your podcast. Jackson Electric Open Line Friday, Aaron Palmer, Ron Richter. Today we're talking about, and we want to thank Mayor Sheridan yes. Mayor Rich Bridger for coming in and kind took of giving a, took us a few minutes to come up and and yeah. make sense of all of this. Yeah, and it was nice when he, you know, when he said because we were asking him why all this happened. We'll get to that in a minute. But he said, "Well, maybe I should have handled that better." And that's that's good to hear from, you know, government. Accountability. That, yeah, that they're like, well, well yeah, I could have handled it better. Well, and, and, that's fine. and I'll tell you, that's why I said that on the air when uh, the two uh, commission members, planning commission members, got up there and approached the council at the uh, last regular business meeting. It was uh, Bev Lightnum and and Ryan Franklin. They made some good points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was it was legitimate concerns that they had, and I think it wasn't just their concerns. It was concerns from their constituents, people they've spoke to, and it's you know. There has to be, you know, a happy medium, though. Right. And Mayor Bridger did say, you know, that they brought up points that he didn't even consider. Because because so. 
Sheridan is losing a lot of its workforce because there's no place to live. And, mm-hmm. and, and that is just a harsh reality. I mean, I'm not trying to be negative, but that is a reality. And if it is not handled correctly, it will change the next 20 to 30 years Easy. In, in Sheridan. I, I mean, it has to be addressed and handled keyword correctly. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's why there are so many people that are just kind of on eggshells a little bit about this. We don't want to open the floodgates, so to speak. And, you know, we got all these apartments going up everywhere and it's apartment world. We look like, you know, Loveland, Colorado or something, but, but you got to do something to retain your, your workforce because it's leaving. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, we're at the point now, I think even that, um, a lot of the younger people that grew up here were born and raised here. Can't live, can't live, can't live here and they're leaving. And this, this happened when I left high school a million years ago, I left, I didn't have a choice. Did I come back? Yeah. After I'd already gone elsewhere mm-hmm. and, <clears throat> excuse me, and rat hold a little bit of money and this, that, and the other. And I realized I didn't want to raise my kids. Rat hold a little bit of money. Right. I love that term, Aaron. <clears throat> You've got and, some of the best terms I've ever heard. <laughs> and so we came back and, and, you know, did what we did and we're, and we're here, but our kids, you know, our, our younger kids, you know, are, are looking at this and they're, they're in the same boat, but worse mm-hmm. because at least when I came back, I was able to afford buying a house. I think if these kids leave now and come back, it's going to be worse because these, the housing prices and everything are just ridiculous. And it's not Sheridan. I'm not no, picking on Sheridan. It's, it's across the country. Yes. This is a, so a, a what are we going to do? We have to figure out something. We have, wow, three. Better get to the callers. I guess we better get to the callers. <laughs> Caller number one, you're on the Jackson Electric Open Line Friday. Go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. First morning. of all, let me offer my condolences for the loss of Trevor. Thank you. Thank you. And he did excellent work, and I'm sorry to see him go, but As God knows best. Yep. And I had called last week about the outrageous gasoline prices that we're stuck with here in Sheridan. Yep. I had gone to Gillette. Uh, the VA driver took me there for a medical appointment. And at the time, the uh, price of unleaded regular here was as low as 340.9 cents a gallon. When we got to Gillette, there was a big shell station there selling unleaded regular for two seventy or rather two ninety five point nine cents a gallon, much cheaper. And the same driver took me for another VA appointment Wednesday of this week. We went to Casper. Well, as we left Sheridan this local station had gone up from 340.9 to 343.9. When we got back the afternoon, Wednesday afternoon this week, the price had gone up to 349.9 cents a gallon for unleaded regular. At Yet the same the price, location? No, no, no. At the same location here in Sheridan. Right, that's what I meant, the same business. The week before okay. they were 340 and then this time they were 343.9, but when we got back, they were up to 349.9. Wow. However, we found an Exxon station in Casper at the uh, Center Street exit off I-25 
that was selling unleaded regular for two seventy five point nine. Now, I'm still waiting for someone from one of the local gas stations to call in and explain why they're selling the same gas in Casper for 74 cents a gallon less. Why we're having to pay so much because, again, the gasoline taxes are uniform uniform throughout the state. state. Yep, yep. You can't give have higher taxes, let's say, in one city or one county or one municipality. They're uniform. So why is it costing us an additional 74 cents a gallon for unleaded regular in Sheridan compared to Casper? Very good. So question. these people are, I think, they're price fixing. There is no other explanation for it. They are price-fixing, and no one in state government is doing anything about it. We're getting the people of Sheridan. Look, I don't care if you're a liberal or a conservative. Each of us deserves a break. We don't deserve to be charged more, 74 cents a gallon more, because some of us may be liberal or some of us may be conservative. We deserve a fair and honest price. We don't deserve to be pickpocketed or fleeced by these local gas stations here in Sheridan who right away, what we discussed last week, remember when the prices go up on the trading floor, within 24 hours they're going to go up in Sheridan. Yet when prices are reduced, when they diminish on the trading floor, it takes forever for them to hit the local gas pumps in Sheridan. We are being had, we're being pickpocketed, and yet no one in the uh, state government or county government or city government is doing anything about it. There should be an investigation because this is absolute chicanery. Well, I can't say I disagree with you. If If the gas prices are really that different across the state. Somebody needs to actually look at this. I agree. Caller, thank you for your uh, opinion on this. We yet have to move on. We've got two more callers. Caller number two, you're on the Jackson Electric Open Line Friday. Go ahead. Good morning. I'm flipping the switch on the conversation just a little bit. That's fine. <clears throat> I was at a meeting this um, couple days ago and found out about a land swap Okay. that's supposed to be trying to go through in Dayton somewhere where they're uh, an individual or group wants to swap, what did she call it, scrub land for pristine mountain land to kind of box Joe Public <clears throat> out. I don't know much about it. I didn't do research, but I wanted to see if someone listening could fill in the gaps for me. Cause We've actually, I'm yeah, being, it's been talked about for quite a while. I think Sheridan Media has done quite a bit of stories Quite a few stories yeah, on there this. Was, there was a recent story not too long ago with the latest on it. Um, I thought that this had been put to bed for whatever reason. They decided against it. Am I no, wrong? It, it, it looked like it was going to be, and then it got opened back up. Really? As far as I know, I, it's it's government. It, it could change. 
Okay. In a heartbeat. But yes. What? I, I wish I could remember. <laughs> the collar snickers. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Anyway, I, I wish I could remember what this thing is called. But if, if you do a little bit of research on shared media site and other uh, media sites as well, there's been a lot of coverage on this. And yeah, like th- I said, I thought it it would it had kind of just died down, but apparently yeah, we, not. Yeah, we had a story recently, and then there was also some uh, some stuff in the in Cowboy State Daily where they had some updates. Evidently, it hasn't been because I just found out about it, and I obviously am not in the know, but um, was asked to, and this individual didn't have any information for us to um, write to the council or to the government to let them know that it's still going on and they're still trying to push it through. Evidently, there was a meeting at 2 o'clock on a Tuesday where no one from the business could go to it. I don't know that either. I just don't really want to be ousted out of the mountains that we grew up with. Sure. You know, makes sense. I know that that, that was one of the concerns. And if you, if you look at the land and I've seen pictures of both sites and they're talking about this swap happening and you know, you're talking about some very pristine land right up against the base of the bighorns mm-hmm. as opposed to land that's just outside, you know, basically just prairie scrub brush and snattle rakes and prairie and whatnot. And it's, you know, there's there's no comparison. The, the land is not, you know, it's not tit for tat. It is definitely, hey, this is some neat stuff, and this is some maybe not so neat stuff over here. So, yeah, exactly. I think there, there's some very real concerns there, and I, I agree. If it's been brought back up, it should be, you know, people should be concerned about it. Do a little bit of research. I wish I could remember the what actual, that, yeah, yeah, the, what the name. name of it. But they, if you do a little bit of research on online, you'll find it. And and go from there. I mean, give you swampland for mountain. Pretty much, yeah. I've well, got right. There's an there's an old term for that. We won't say it on the air, but exactly. <laughs> and I got you there too. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, caller. All right, thanks, All right. caller. Thanks. All right, we need to go to our third caller, caller number three. You're on the Jackson Electric Open Line Friday. Go ahead. Thanks for letting me come back on. Oh, tell, sure. Tell the lady. December 7th, interestingly enough, Pearl Harbor Day, (laughs) uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor, the state land and investment boards will decide on December 7th if they will make the swap so that the Columbus Peak uh, land exchange... Thank you. Yeah, and it will be December 7th. It's still on their table for consideration. The lady would be able to find out. There are people in the... um, Dayton and Ranchester area who are quite familiar with this oh, yeah. state land. Now, it's in their the backyard. Thing, the other thing I'd like to tie this into is the governor had stated that the dry scrubland would be a wonderful place for attainable housing. So if I might make uh, another comment, what we didn't have in the discussion, and the operative word here is attainable. ARP funding here, here in Sheridan County is attainable, not affordable. And what those mortgages are is if you're a homeowner in an attainable project, you are mortgaged to the structure, but you are renting the land from, the la- from a land trust operator. It's called a lease, land leased mortgage. You will never own the dirt under your structure. It's kind of think of it like um, condominium or trailer house, okay? The, the questions that come up here is Habitat for Humanity of the Eastern Bighorns wants to be that land trust. They definitely are in this 
I have gone to those attainable council meetings from the beginning they formed. So what's happening is property taxes are a second question. It will be up to your county assessor, Paul Fall, to decide whether the land will be property taxed. Uh, the structure, yes. You, you, you pay taxes on trailer houses or you pay taxes on a condominium. You don't own the land. And so the, uh, repeatedly I've heard our county attorney, Mr. Beaver, say, well, the devil's in the details, isn't it? So at this point in time, all of this was moving forward for attainable housing using ARP funding. Now, that ARP funding has a drop-dead date. By next July, you've got to be committed to a build, and you have got to have a build done uh, by, uh, two years out from that, by July of, I believe it's July of 26. So it's a down and dirty, buyer, getter, doer, done, or the money goes back, and it's $3 million. Hmm. The county has $1.5 million. The city has $1.5. They have been funding Habitat for Humanity uh, to have a uh, what they call an administrator to the attainable uh, land trust to the uh, we own the dirt a 99 year lease is what it amounts to and uh, their um, administrator Amy Purry uh, has resigned she will no longer administer to a land trust as of I believe the day after Thanksgiving Black Friday. So there are things happening. It's very difficult for people to go and sit in these meetings, but you can see it move or not move. And RFPs are another issue. That's a request for proposals to either sell you the land, develop the land, and build on it. Habitat owns the dirt. Or, or and Habitat will not be the builder. These will be built by developers. Habitat does do. Okay, caller. Bye. Let you go. All right. Thank you. I was just going to say, we have to take a quick break. I'm sorry to cut you off. And we'll take a quick break there. We'll come back on the Jackson Electric Open Line Friday. Jackson Electric and you'll feel the power. If it has anything to do with electricity, anything at all, call Jackson Electric. Commercial, residential, agricultural, it makes no difference. Call Jackson Electric. Jackson Electric does high efficiency LED lighting and fire alarm systems installation. Wiring a home, wiring a business, new electrical service, or enlarging existing surface. Call Jackson Electric and you'll see the light at 1851 North Main in Sheridan. A leader in sports medicine, Sheridan Orthopedic Associates is thrilled to announce their new highly skilled and fellowship trained podiatrist, Dr. Daniel Peterson, DPM. Dr. Peterson specializes in advanced foot and ankle reconstruction and has successfully performed thousands of procedures. He'll be seeing patients in January so you can get back to doing the things you love pain-free. Schedule your appointment at SheridanOrtho.com. Discover the difference with Sheridan Orthopedics. 
at WearingSheridan.com. You can see most every vehicle on their lot. In fact, you can see about 25 different photos of every vehicle. You can request information on the vehicle you're interested in. You can fill out a credit application, even schedule service work. Check it out, WearingSheridan.com, and experience the wearing way of buying vehicles. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, WearingSheridan.com. Bookmark it. Full-service dealership at 107 East Alger, WearingSheridan.com. Fall in love with Sunlight Federal Credit Union Certificate of Deposit Specials. Their 15-month CD with a $500 minimum deposit has a 5.39 annual percentage yield. They also have two jumbo CD specials. 36-month has a 4.6 APY, and their 60-month has a 4.86 APY. Both require a $50,000 minimum deposit of new money, which is money not currently held in a Sunlight FCU account. These rates won't last long, and early withdrawal penalty applies. Member NCUA, Sunlight Federal Credit Union, building a brighter future together. What would Christmas be without tradition? Without the comfort of home, the joy of family, and smiles of children? Open your heart this year during the 26th annual Christmas Wish Campaign. Due to temporary circumstances beyond their control, some families, friends, and neighbors will struggle to make ends meet, let alone have a Merry Christmas. It's tradition for the Christmas Wish Campaign to bring the spirit of the holidays to those individuals. In the past, we've assisted several people with everything from bills and food to clothing, Christmas trees, and toys for children. Please send your Christmas Wish nominations and donations to P.O. Box 5086 Sheridan or submit them online at SheridanMedia.com as soon as possible. All wishes must be submitted in writing and must include your name and phone number. There are follow-up questions our committee will need to have answered to properly assess each wish. Wishes must be received by Friday, November 24th. Partners for this year's Christmas Wish Campaign are Atlas Chiropractic, First Federal Bank and Trust, Heartland Kubota, Advanced Auto Body, Wyoming Corporate Office, and Odell Construction. Jackson Electric Open Line Friday, Aaron Palmer, Ron Richter, and we talked about uh, city code. They're talking about the possibility of changing uh, city code to allow higher density dwellings. Blah, yes, blah, blah, basically within. just make it a little bit less restrictive for the developers and, and whatnot. Right. R2 as opposed to R1. Right. And it's not that they're getting rid of R1 no. and they're not going to change the designation for existing buildings that are already R1. That's not it. It's talking about changing it so that it makes it a little easier, a little less hoops to jump through, so to speak, for bringing those in. But we had Mayor Rich Bridger in earlier who kind of explained things, and he, which I thought was very refreshing, he said, hey, you know, oops, I probably could have handled this better. That's why the Planning Commission decided to kind of ask us to pump the brakes yeah. Take a look at this, and so that's what they're doing. Well, and so. I'm glad that it was tabled for six months because uh, that was the mayor's uh, motion, and the council agreed to it, and because <clears throat> that gives you plenty of time. I mean, it's exactly. it's not like I said, this, it ain't this, going anywhere. Yes, this code has been on the books for quite some time. It's it's nothing's changed. Before it changes, let's make sure we've got everything that we want in this amendment. Gotcha. So that's what it's about, and uh, hopefully, you know, the mayor and uh, planning commission will be able to get together and you know kind of compromise and see what's going on yeah i think it'll be you know a lot of good heads there it's yeah very good. good and again thanks to uh sheridan mayor rich bridger for stopping in and giving us his take on things um i did not know that about the columbus peak thing if that thing's coming back up for consideration yes in December. Well, that's why when you said it was a done deal i'm like no i don't think i think that maybe i yeah. just had it in the back of my mind that it was a done deal no I, they 
it was supposed to be, and I don't remember the exact dates, I'm sorry, but uh, it, it was like later in the summer, early fall, it was supposed to be decided upon by the state land board. Right. And they basically kicked the can down the road a few months to allow some more public comments and... and or make people think that it was a done deal. Yes, but... so <laughs> Did it, I well, say that out loud? Well, it's... it's it happens, you know. I mean, <laughs> so my point being, if people are concerned about this, get a hold of the State Land Investment Board and tell them, hey. Yeah, the caller, December 7th is is when they're going to be supposedly right. making the decision. Who knows? Maybe they'll kick it down kick, another few. Yeah, Who knows? I, I don't think so. I, I think a decision one way or another is going to be made at that meeting, but we'll just see. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, there you go. The Columbus Peak land swap is what we're talking about. So if you're concerned about that, Get a hold of your higher-ups. Let them know. Yep. Um, I know this has been touched on all week long, but I think we need to address the uh, elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Trevor Jackson passed on. And, of course, we worked with him every day that we were in here, and he was our board op. And, again, James Timberlake is our board op now and probably will be for at least the foreseeable future, if not forever. But... The uh, the outpouring from the community has just been mm-hmm. great, and Trevor's going to be sorely missed. Uh, he was one heck of a guy. Um, when I started here, I think it was 13 years ago, and I came from one of our competitors. And so when I first started working here, I don't I don't want to make it sound like people here treated me badly. They didn't. But there was just not a lot of warmth because I think people were kind of looking at me going, what's going on with this guy? Why is he here type thing? So it took a while for people to kind of look at me and go, okay, well, he's actually here. He's working. He's busting his hump, doing a great job, blah, blah, blah. That took a while. But with Trevor, he just kind of, from the very beginning, was just very welcoming, very warm, very this, very that. And he continued that the whole Time that I worked with him mm-hmm. and he was he was just a really decent human being yeah I, I I totally agree with you and I I started here 22 years ago and I uh I learned from Trevor how to go about business in the morning mm-hmm. because I, I wasn't ever going to I mean I've done some morning stints but I wasn't going to be a morning guy but they wanted me to see what Trevor did in the morning so I basically shadowed him for my first two weeks which I didn't like getting up at 3.30 in the morning, but that's <laughs> besides the point. But I, I'm telling you just how welcoming he was and how genuine he was. Mm-hmm. That was, if you were doing something asinine, he'd tell you. Trevor would tell you. Yeah. And if you were doing something good, he wouldn't say, but that was his way of saying, you're, you're doing, doing fine. You're doing it right. <laughs> but... I am telling you, just the the professionalism watching him, because I had moved here just out of school, out of broadcasting school, and he had actually went to the same school I did, Brown in uh, Minneapolis. Um, Different generations, different moons, all that, but same school. And so, you know, he kind of liked that. He's like, oh, you know, you're a Brown flunky. I'm like, yeah, I guess I I did graduate, though. But anyway, (laughs) he was so welcoming, and it was so professional, and it was just interesting that that I, I I was I was honored to be a part of what Trevor was doing. I, I mean, he was 
he made things so effortless too. You you'd see what he would do, yeah. and the broadcasting, the play by play, everybody. Play, yeah, just, but even just coming in and doing a newscast yes. or doing a news wrap, and he was so professional, and it just it was just there. He was so good at what he did, and he it, he was an inspiration for me, definitely for sure. Yeah, I'll, and we'll continue. I, I got to tell you one story. There's just We've there's got about twenty seconds. Many stories. <laughs> Did a, a championship game long time ago, Bighorn at Lusk, and we climbed that tower in Lusk, and he gave me that look like you might be doing this game by yourself, because <laughs> there, there was steps went straight up, and it was it was it was a climb. Yeah, and he Richter. gave me that look. Hope yeah. you're ready to broadcast this game by yourself, Richter. There are a million different stories over the years involving. He's going to be missed. Yes. Anyway, an uh, extreme asset to the community. Yes, I agree. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on the Jackson Electric Open Line Friday. Um, thanks for joining us. We will, I don't know if we're going to be here next week or not. We'll see. We will let you know. Stay tuned. All right. See you later, Ron. Arrivederci. to the most complex electrical applications. Jackson Electric has the knowledge, the experience, and the reputation to meet and exceed any electrical need or requirement. Jackson Electric's expertise even includes phone systems, data systems, LED lighting systems, fire alarm systems, and irrigation systems. Residential, commercial, industrial, agriculture. If it has anything to do with electricity, anything at all, Jackson Electric does it all at 1851 North Main in Sheridan. Main Street Construction is finished and open just in time for the grand reopening of Legacy Diamond and Gems. Their store remodel is complete and better than ever. Stop in during the Christmas stroll for their grand reopening celebration Friday, November 24th from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. The newly remodeled store showcases new jewelry lines, consultation offices, and much more. Legacy Diamond and Gems, 11 North Main Street in downtown Sheridan. We'll see you during the grand opening celebration during stroll on November 24th. Kick off the holiday season with Sheridan's 28th annual Christmas Stroll, Friday, November 24th. We'll stroll all day from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and Main Street and Grinnell will close from 4 to 8 for evening fun. Visit Santa at the Wyo Theater from 11 to 1 and 4.30 to 7.30. Look for matching button numbers and get caught shopping all day. For details, visit SheridanWyomingChamber.org. Christmas Stroll is brought to you by Fremont Toyota, PDS, Lodor & Lumber, Century 21, BHJ Realty, Jack & Kathleen Wood, 307 Real Estate, LNH Industrial, McDonald's, Sheridan Liquor, Wearing Sheridan Chevrolet, and Wyoming Building Supply. ERE Carroll Realty is back with the 7th Annual Holiday Shopping Sweepstakes. This is your chance to win $1,000 in gift certificates and chamber bucks from our Sheridan and Buffalo merchants. And we've tied into a national campaign to give you a chance at winning $15,000 cash. Five winners will receive prizes totaling $1,000 to retailers like Nest Home and Holiday, Balanced Healing Salt and Sauna, Kilpatrick Creations, Buffalo Computing Consulting, Bucks Travel Shop, and Chopper's Deli. Just go to the contest page at sharedandmedia.com. Enter once each day through December 12th. Hi, this is Kim with ERA Carroll Realty. We're about more than real estate. We're about family, friendship, and community. Happy holidays. I'm your digital pro, Kim Commando, inviting you to join me every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. for the Kim Commando Show, brought to you by Range on 103.9 F.